Welcome to the Effects Loop. I'm Diaz. I'm Chris. I'm Scott. I'm Emily. And I'm Andrew. Yes. And we're keeping you in the loop of the guitar community. All right, this episode is brought to you by Stringjoy. Check out Stringjoy. Sound better, play better. Go to stringjoy.com, get some awesome strings. Scott just got like 12 packs in <laughs> once. I did. And I made the joke. I was like, oh, one for each guitar. And he's like, actually, no, the math adds up on that one. That's actually right. Because so, someone has a hoarding problem. Wait, wait. Is you and I have that in common. Wait, did you say something about John Legend? I said, is this an intervention? Oh, it could be. You need one more guitar. I really like Scott from Stringjoy. Oh, dude, Scott Marquette's like the, the bomb. He's a rad dude. And okay. generally, I would generally I'm the kind of person to be like all things in moderation, uh, which if you know anything about me is actually a lie. But if there really is, if I'm going to hold to that line, Stringjoy would be one of my exceptions for sure, because it's just quality stuff. Oh, yeah. The, all right, so funny story. I'll do a funny Stringjoy story. Um, so last year at Summer Nam, Stringjoy threw a party, and everyone that stayed at the podcast house was like, "Yeah, we're gonna show up in style." And I'm pretty sure we've told this story on the podcast, but I still want to tell it again. Uh, the Airbnb that we stayed at had a little magnet on the fridge that said ten dollars, ten dollar limo ride. Like it's ten dollars per person, and you're supposed to get a beer. And we called them. We're like, "Hey, would you take us there?" And they're like, "Yeah." So there was like. I think there's eight of us. It was like 80 bucks. Everyone paid their $10. We get in the limo. We're on our way there. We hit a bump. The limo shuts down. <laughs> Lights, everything down. It just stops. And then we're rolling and it hits another bump, turns right back on. We keep moving. So we were like, oh gosh, we're all going to die. And we're like, but we wanted to show up in style to the party and like have fun. It broke down like in the parking lot on the other side and it's in they're in like a, a very long strip mall kind of a very long place. yeah so we had to walk over and no one knew that we arrived in a limo and that was like absolutely the funniest thing ever because then afterwards we're like do we want to get the limo back we're like no 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 we're gonna uber <laughs> we've got this yeah. I, I too like to live have, dangerously you must yeah. have gotten there after i left yeah well if our limo wouldn't have broken down like seven times we might have seen you there <laughs> Oh, uh, dude, I went, like, out with some old, like, college roommates after after yeah. the Strange Boy party, and we ended up at a Waffle House at, like, 2 in the morning. It was a glorious thing. We were telling everyone that you were, uh, I, I know, I ran into you and Rick, I think, at the, around the Fender booth. Mm, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we were hanging out there, and everyone, like, for the rest of the day was like, have you seen Emily? And I'm like, yeah, I saw her, like, earlier. And you just, like, kind of disappeared. I loved, and, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was, like... It was hilarious because we're all like, I swear she's here. I was like, yeah. I, don't. I was like, I saw her, and then it was just disappeared. It was funny. I actually had a gig, <laughs> so I had oh, work. Right? Yeah. yeah, I remember. That's what it was. Yeah. Um, so I was there for a little bit on Saturday, but then I went to uh, the, the butcher shop, which is John Prine's studio. Rest in peace, because uh, my friend Michelle and I were uh, recording. Nice. Yeah. All right, and this episode is also brought to you by creation music is it supply company company got two different ones. creation music company scott 
just uh, got an order from them. So why don't you tell us about that, Scott? Yeah, I just got the big board. Um, so I have their Elevation V2 series that just came in last Wednesday. We did a live stream in the group for that, um, kind of showing off some of the features of the board. And my build is slowly coming along, um, waiting for some more parts from another company uh, before I can finish that up. But um, they do great work. I mean, it was like the right size for what I was looking for. So I'm it's a 32 by 16 board. So I'm one of those guys. But um, Welcome to the club. Yep. Well, I, I've, I've had a <clears throat> Pedal Train Pro for a while and wanted something that looked a little bit better. And also just pedal trains are hard to mount things on the underside of them. So Creation's whole flat deck design made mounting power supplies, routing cables, everything just way, way, way easier than the pedal so trainer was. Are we all Creation for pedal boards now? Because I still have my ideas. Oh, shoot, I you're think. right. Yeah, I've got two of them. Yeah, I've got two, too. So it sounds like you need I'm to new. find yourself a V1. That way you can be part of the club officially. I I... Fine, and Chris is editing the podcast today. If I can't be part of the <laughs> Screw I'll you guys, I'm going home. Uh, no one wants me to edit it. <laughs> we'll end up with a Rick roll somewhere in the middle of it. But then you can't monetize on YouTube. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. All, anyway. all five of those listens gone. <laughs> yeah, that's... <laughs> Yeah, because that, that's where we can make all our money. It's on the YouTube listens. Oh my gosh, we we are not a YouTube group like that. I'm just we've tried. I don't know. I've tried it. I just it's it's work. It's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. <laughs> I, I mean, like I I'm mad respect because uh, um I guess we can talk about you know Andrew and Emily really quick about what they do. Emily has been like kicking butt on some on the demo side of things. Oh, thank you very much. Like, I work, I work really hard. <laughs> yeah, well, it, I mean, it definitely shows. So, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you're doing with uh, the demo work and all that? Yeah, so I got uh, really upset at something somebody said uh, back in September, and I decided to start a uh, guitar gear demo channel as a retaliation. And so it's, it's a spite channel. Oh it's my a spite God. channel. Yeah. Start fight. and it's just uh, that's just my personality and always has been girls don't play guitar well uh, i'll show you motherfucker um you're like, you're like the guitar playing female larry david oh jesus <laughs> i i you know if i could be half as funny as larry david i'd be pretty stoked on that i also don't want i don't want to look like larry david i don't think anyone does i don't think larry david wants to look like larry david <laughs> no, he, I think he'd rather look like he looks like Bernie Sanders. Oh, oh my gosh, yeah. I love I, I love whenever Larry David does Bernie. Mm -hmm. I thought you were going to say I you love. But but my favorite, um, yeah. So I've been doing those demos, and we just hit a thousand subscribers on YouTube. Uh, we've only been doing it since September. Uh, it's been quite a, a journey and learning experience for me. I've learned how to edit videos and film videos. It's kind of videography has kind of turned into a bit of a family business because my husband used to own a uh, live streaming company. So we just had all these really nice cameras laying around that we weren't really getting used because he was a little early on on the live streaming space and uh, went into coding and project management instead. So I'm like, well, hon, if you're not using these cameras, can I? He's like, yeah. So uh, it was, it's was. it been really, really fun. I'm trying to be more experimental with the videos, do a little bit more, um, just trying out different things because I, 
I think it's important um, that there be more representation in different parts of the industry. I think we're getting to a good place where there are a lot of visible women playing instruments. Mm-hmm. And I want to really break into that space where it's more... Uh, so, so women aren't socialized to really talk about technical stuff as much. So I think that's why we kind of fall out of the gear part of it. So I would just love to break those boundaries down a little bit more. And hopefully uh, I won't... I'm not alone already. There are already a lot of other women doing demos, but I would like to see more. I think that there's been a nice uh, change in the guitar culture where uh, men have become more open and accepting. And even I know there's a lot of us that are very uh, uh, supportive. I mean, because they're just. Oh, yeah. I couldn't do this. I wouldn't have done this without Ryan Burke. Yeah. Ryan's a huge supporter. I mean, he's always been one. Uh, that has been against uh, fighting against like the quote unquote norm for females in the guitar world and wanting to push it where uh, females are treated as equals when it comes to nerding out on gear, like doing all this stuff, like the guys, you know, in the guys club where we sit around and talk gear and all that. I mean, why can't a female be included in that? Why can't more females? I mean, I feel like, we're getting out of the kind of misogynistic sense of, oh, they don't know what they're talking about. And now moving into, especially with having female pelvic builders and yeah. female, I mean, there's a lot of females who are very uh, prominent in the guitar world. Uh, Karen at uh, Big Ear is one that is, she's always pushing guitar stuff and, and just in that world. And I guess it's just gotten to the point where, like, I don't see Karen as, like, a female. I just see Karen as Karen in the in the guitar world. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's tons of great, especially husband and wife teams um, mm-hmm. out there. Uh, like, I, it's even surprising when you look at, like, companies like Maris has a woman at the helm. Uh, Spruce Effects is a husband-wife team. Fuzz Rocious mm-hmm. is a husband-wife team. Oh, yeah. Uh, Dwarfcraft Devices, husband-wife team. Of course, Big Ear, husband-wife team. Was it Classic um, Audio was as well? Mm, yeah mm-hmm. and then there's companies like third power amplification that's just run by a woman and then then the tons of female luthiers that just don't really get the same attention for some reason mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah i think that the idea that this like women can't talk about gear women can't have good gear is um becoming a very dino- it's always been a dinosaur mindset but now i think that when, when people see that mindset they they understand that it's some some dinosaur garbage and not like mm-hmm. Dinosaur Jr. in a cool kind of way, but like in a, yeah, yeah you guys really, like that, like I totally, there's two people talking. Oh, Andrew. I was just saying like, it's not dinosaur. It's like in a good, like Dinosaur Jr. kind of way and more of like the, hey, weren't you extinct? I think we preferred it that way. Yeah. That's like uh, I love the big push there's been on like the the memes that are just absolutely done old crap, and we've and like everyone's just like done and they're just calling everyone out on it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that first defender joke keeps oh popping my his gosh. head up, and everyone's so tired. First of it. defender, then a Gibson. <laughs> like okay, yeah, that's great. I'm less bothered by that one versus the. Because that shows she knows her guitar brands, which is more impressive. It's it's the it's the anti wife memes, the the hide um, the bill from your wife ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. that's not great. That's, that's just not that, great. That's an unhealthy no. relationship. 
Just well, so yeah. throwing it out there. Why do you? Why are you married to someone you hate so much? So like, I have to. I have to like admit, I was totally one of those people that like. Mm-hmm. Number one, I did that early on in my marriage, and it was not good. Like hiding good, purchases, though. stuff like that. And I feel like, uh, like you guys said, if you're not doing that, it's not a healthy relationship. And it's something I learned very early on in my marriage. Um, and it's a hard lesson some people never learn. That It's true. I feel like some of the people who get like really offended by that don't have the ability to uh, look at themselves and realize, okay, maybe I'm, I am doing something wrong. I mean, it took me a minute to like realize, holy crud, I shouldn't lie to my wife about buying, even if it was a $60 pedal that I bought on a whim. I should, you know, be upfront, be honest about it. And, you know, that's just showing her respect and treating her yeah. as an equal. Mm-hmm. For my husband and I, it's always like, I, you have your money, you make your money. I make my money as long as we're saving about the same amount. And as long as we're putting, you know, proportional, my husband makes a lot more money than I do. As long as we're making like proportional amounts uh, into um, like our mortgage and our utilities and our efforts. Um, it's like, you spend your money and I'll spend my money. And yeah. usually he's the first person who wants to like hear how something sounds. He's a good uh, dude. See, see, you've got, you got it good there. Cause you've got, he's like, no, no, I want to hear how that sounds. Let's get it. And you're just like, yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's my, he's my basis. His band opened up for my band. Oh my gosh. Do you ever like throw that at him? You're like, yeah, well you opened up for me. <laughs> <laughs> he loves it. He loves it. He's, he's uh, always been my biggest fan and I am his. Oh, Pachi Rick. All right, so let's uh, let's talk about Andrew. And yes. Andrew, why don't you tell us? Because um, you've got customers, people who have been customers right here. So why don't you tell us uh, what what you're uh, selling there, sir? I am selling a handful of things, but I no, I really only sell one thing. I do, and I I believe honestly that I do it really well. Is I uh, I'm the head of Fox Cairo Toppers. We do pedal toppers that are functional, custom, and rad. Yes. Um, so it kind of breaking out of the mold of what pedal toppers have looked like uh, over the last decade or so is kind of like a newer trend to the guitar industry and kind of re- took some time reinvented what I think would make the, an ideal topper. And so what it is, it's a printed grip tape topper where you can print whatever design you want on it. It is glow in the dark, which means stage safety. And it's got a really nice heavy duty grip on it, uh, which I think is a huge selling point because no one wants to be like halfway through the, through a swell in the middle of like a really nice ambient moody kind of part of the song and then just like slipping like oh whoops yeah i well so one of the cool things that i love about your toppers are the fact that while like you wouldn't imagine that you'd get a great quality picture on grip tape it, it looks fantastic i mean granted it's grip tape like if you're like eyeballing it right next to it i mean you're gonna see like quote unquote like pixelated picture but when you're just looking at it it looks exactly like because so andrew and i've messaged back and forth i just got two pedals from him not too long ago that had custom toppers on them and like the picture i sent you of the i think it was the twelve or the picture you sent me while we were exchanging ideas i mean that's that's what it looks like on the pedal you know yeah 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 and and i think it's uh you got when I did the ones for you recently. That was with the updated grip surface. So right. I used to use a bit uh, of a coarser grip surface that didn't show the picture quite as well. I still think it showed pretty decently, but mm-hmm. the, the finer grip surface, I think, does a really good job at showing some of the finer details. And I'm really proud of the change uh, that we've made to the to way we make them. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're absolutely fantastic. And one of my favorite things, though, is uh, 
if if you're a person who likes bouncing ideas is messaging andrew and like i think at one point i was just like surprise me with something funny like let's figure something out and we got the chihuahua which has a little chihuahua the, on it for the mini dunlop for the mini dunlop and then we've got the uh uh was it expect delays caution the, sign yep the on expect the, on the dd was the dd5 i think so you sold it to me you should know. i did i i i'm, I'm having a hard time scratching <laughs> i traded it yeah it wasn't d5 that's right it's not a dd7 i know that yeah yeah no that one was that one had the analog man mod on it for the kill dry yeah. and just sounded so slick it's like such a I, I love doing I do the kill dry and do it on reverse. Oh yeah. Oh dude. It, it's totally. like ambient heaven there. No, I've got um I so I, the reason why I ended up selling it to you is um I've got the uh, the Avalanche run will do full wet in mm-hmm. the same way and it's got the reverse and that's the sound that I love the most out of the DD five, but I was able to do it on the Avalanche run with a little bit of plate behind it. And right now that's what how I'm using my Avalanche run just as a textured reverb in that sense, just a really high wet um okay kind of like a pad reverb exactly just a whole lot of bleeps and bloops coming out of it that way which i think sounds really kind of really fun but i appreciate all the kind things that you have to say about the pedal toppers and anytime you want to message hit me up i'm available on facebook i mean it's a small operation but i'm always down for handling messages fielding ideas and i'm always amazed at the, the creativity that other people come up with i've just i kind of treat it like it's a platform for everybody else's ideas because the whole idea is i want people to be able to express themselves through right. their gear so i mean whatever you've got in your head by all means i need to hail all you cool cats and kittens topper oh my gosh a tiger king topper. is that bitch girl baskin you know as long as i can church as long as i can do it without infringing on ip i'm happy to do it Nice. I'm sure he doesn't care. He likes all of his uh, publicity. I'm pretty Scott, sure he doesn't what, have any What do you have on yours? Uh, I just have some custom artwork that Andrew and I worked out. Yeah. I still, I love yours. Yours is very, it has that, like, it's just very artistic. You know, it, mine mine are usually goofy mm-hmm. uh, because it just matches my personality. But yours mm-hmm. is very, how it matches yours? Very, like, it, calm, artistic looking. It's actually based on a song, one of my favorite songs. So, uh, Envelopes I'm like a bird. I want last. to fly away. Oh, no. Fun fact: Scott was one of the first people I made a topper for when I launched back in fall of 2018. Uh, I did a uh, to. It was one of those like I had the idea in the works for months. Had uh, a couple of really solid uh, prototypes. I was feeling really good about it and decided to launch um, sort of informally on Instagram. I didn't have a website or anything. Just decided to see how it would go. And he was one of the first people to jump up and be like, "Hey, that this is cool. I want one." Yeah, I was so. I was eyeing um, another. I was actually eyeing making my own. My my cousin bought a laser cutter and was you know we were chatting. I was like, well, you know, if I want to spend the time catting it up and coming up with a design and going through the iterations and that, at the end of it, I was just like, oh, this is easier. <laughs> like I can just give this guy money and he'll do it for me. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think that's the first time Scott's ever just given up and had someone else do it for him instead of going I know. like scott's like one of those people like yeah no no no. i'm just gonna build it for myself i'm surprised you didn't build your own pedal board too uh parts of my pedal board are being built right now i just got a oh. i just got a message from the laser cutter that my parts are on just shipped so that's how extra i get on these things yeah but all right well let's we haven't even started on what's new no let's uh <laughs> let's just dive right into gear news i think and uh, okay because i think a lot of our what's news are actually going to pop up during the during the show here so 
Probably. All right. So first things first on the list, we've got Gibson Modern Collection Les Paul Special Tribute. How many freaking like titles have to be in this name? Gibson. It's a, it's a long new, name. They, they new still mo- need two more words. Modern Collection Les Paul Special Tribute. Okay. Uh, I'm a big believer that le- anything Gibson should just have block inlays. So I'm not sure how I feel about this. That are but, parallelograms. Yes. Oh, those are great too. But the, again, but, then again, these are only a thousand dollars. Yeah, I I like. I feel like the are the are the knobs the little white knobs like on Melody Makers. Are you talking about the tuning knobs? Yes, the tuning pegs knobs uh, things. They look like they are. I think so. Okay, that they did good there because I, I I don't mind that I don't know you know what let's just... let's describe so it is a stripped back model and I I looked at it immediately went oh so that's what they're calling the faded now because that's that yeah. it really kind of harkens back to that look mm-hmm. so and before a... that it was the studio yes. yeah oh my gosh so you it, do have it a is it a carved top still yeah. I can't it tell it doesn't look like it looks flat how could it oh yeah it does look flat that's, that's yeah, drag. Like... It's, no, it's, it's, flat. It's, it's got a thinner because I, I remember seeing these at NAM, and uh, I was really thrown. It's, I mean, it's just it's a very stripped down, very basic, no nonsense, yeah. made in America guitar. Yeah. So again, I, going going to the faded series. So you're talking mahogany body again from that series. It's a wraparound tail bridge instead of um, the traditional stop t- tail bar. I like style. that. I like those. I like the wrapper. I I like the single. They they're very. Uh, I think I it's know, handsome. Yeah, it's very slick in my opinion. It, it yeah. leaves more uh, body showing, especially if you've got a nice like wood grain showing. Mm-hmm. I think it, I like it. Is this a new pickguard design? No, I don't where, believe where so. Where have I seen this before? On a first act. <laughs> sorry, sorry, that's n- probably not true. But uh, uh, I, the double cut juniors, maybe, maybe. So if they list for a thousand, do you think they're going to be like seven fifty? I mean that's where that's where the faded tributes have been sitting before, and I yeah. think that's what this is replacing. I was like, because this is this this at a thousand is a no for me. If you're getting I mean, close to like seven fifty, maybe maybe eight hundred. Yes. Made in the U.S. Yeah, yeah that's a pretty good deal for a U.S. made. Well, power. made in the U.S. doesn't mean anything if Gibson's unable to clean up their QC game, though. That's the thing. Because Very it, true. Because yeah. honestly, over the last decade, we've seen some atrocious QC from Gibson. And I what know about that the Firebird zeros. Remember those that like, came out and like they were absolutely. I mean, Gibson put out like a five hundred dollar guitar and it was those are crap. so bad. Well, the M twos were is probably the the minimum they can do on something. But so here's my thing with Gibson is I I've been rooting for them to do a lot better and I've been seeing some promising things with updates to their QC. But anytime I'm going to see kind of their bottom of the barrel uh, to the lineup, I'm kind of thinking, well is their QC only really been upped on some of their higher end guitars or is this going to yeah. be just another one of those you're going to pick it up guitar center it's going to fret sprout it's going to have like three eighths action at the 12th fret i mean i, I feel like the, those this kind of guitar... things are those kind of things are tough to kind of just just bash gibson for but for whatever reason it only sticks to them i, I think it, it only matters if you're playing more than a thousand dollars for a guitar like i feel like if if you should expect you know 
less well, for less. And well, I do, I do think that Gibson gets a lot more of a bad rap for this than other companies do with equal amounts of quality control. I think that's a completely fair statement to make. Yeah. All at the same time, it's just it's that fit and finish that makes you pick it up and go, oh yeah, it's a Gibson. Nothing else will do. Yeah, the reality the problem- is Gibsons are still very much so a handmade guitar at the same time. So like when you walk through their factory and stuff like that, I can't believe I'm being the Gibson apologist because I don't play them. But uh like they're still trying to go for the we're building at scale but we're doing the handmade thing and so there's yeah. a lot of processes that are still very human on right them. so like and things like fine, binding, they, stripping some... and things like that and like those inherently open themselves up to qc issues okay here's the problem with that i have though with an 800 dollars gibson mm-hmm. is worse than an 800 dollars epiphone and i understand that you're like going higher up and like and everything like that but in my opinion if Epiphone is your budget line, you're even you still your lowest price of your like American made line should still be better than the, the, its competitor in your budget line. It, it undercuts well, the principle that the American made is the higher quality. Right. So because, I, I'm all for handmade, but this, so if you're gonna have your folks in Nashville make these by hand, at least give them vision insurance because some of the things I've seen coming out of oh TC are rough. I feel like I feel like the problem is is the things that happen on their quality control are things that uh, it's not small things that can be understood if it's a handmade guitar. It's stuff that you're like, how did this even happen? Um, well, I think I think one of the hardest parts, and like a lot of people have said, Gibson is one of those guitar companies that if you pick it up off the wall, you don't know. Hi, motorcycle. You don't know um how it's gonna play because it's it's not they're not set up well whenever they're on a wall in a company or in like guitar center or something like that and i don't know why uh gibson as a company would i guess allow that to happen you would think that they would like check in on this stuff i don't know i i feel like my idea is this um like i've worked in restaurants for years like nine times out of ten they're franchises and the company that you're representing will come and check you Mm -hmm. i feel like gibson should be going into guitar center in these places and checking to see how these people are representing their brand i feel like some of this and a lot of the stuff that people have problems with is stuff that can be fixed after the fact with a simple setup with uh just small stuff i mean there's been quality control issues with like some paint stuff like that but i mean when you're every when you're not do when you're having a guy and they're painting in a booth stuff happens and that's fine but i also feel like uh with gibson's quality control being brought so much to the uh the spotlight a lot of people are very harsh on their judgment and are less forgiving than they would be to other companies Uh, it's it's the superstition thing that like you know it just we have confirmation bias immediately so any evidence that comes to it jumps out at it whereas like when you see the same issues on a fender for whatever reason we just go oh, okay that, yeah. i mean like oh, oh, oh this is the one off then right like i, I that think one. that's totally fair uh i so gibson's been making some big leaps and bounds i think from what i've been able to see ever since uh we've got jc and the chapter 11 all of that be kind of in the books and i i really think that we're going to see a much healthier gibson moving forward and i'm hoping that I really, as harsh as I've been, I really do hope that this is the lineup where we're starting to see that scale start to tip back and make up for mm-hmm. 
the the overwhelming negative public perception that's built been built um, over the last couple of decades. I think they've got a really good shot at that. So I am I am honestly really hopeful on this. Yeah, I mean, right I would, before the whole new metal explosion of PRS into a Mesa, I remember a lot of guys playing Gibsons, and then it just you know the it became Fenders lately in terms of like the public eye, like that's that's what's hot and that's what I mean. Fenders marketing has been second to none. Yeah, yeah, they've done a great job, and I th- I think that uh, also I mean Gibsons really just they dug themselves in a, in a bad hole, and. The problem that I feel for Gibson, and this is where I feel like they're in a lose-lose situation, is the people who are typically buying Gibsons are usually kind of snobby and very... uh, I'm trying to find the nice way to put it, but like it seems like a lot of their customers are snobby and are going to nitpick. Like I watched a video of a guy who kept getting like guitar sent to him from Gibson and he would find the smallest thing to complain about and have them send him a new guitar. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you're, you're spending $3,000 for yeah. a guitar though. Yeah. And something, something I want to clear up real quick is D as you were mentioning earlier about like you would think that Gibson would want to have people sent into to guitar centers and whatnot to check that out. When mm-hmm. I worked for a guitar center a couple years ago, uh, I, when I worked at the Seattle guitar center, the, uh, Northwest Gibson uh, artist rep or not artist rep the, um, the sales guy I don't remember what his official title title is yeah the, the regional Mr regional assistant Mr to the regional, regional manager senior regional his name's Kelly super great guy I'm still friends with him to this day I love and guys named Kelly it's my favorite guy name he's a great dude honest I to goodness I love every guy I've known named Kelly I just adored okay I really want to meet a couple of Kellys like a, a male and a female Kelly that are together. And like, I feel like that would be fantastic. That would be the fan, that would be like the couple I'd want to hang out with. So but before the Seattle location closed down, he was in there like every couple of weeks checking in on things, making sure that we were all up to date. I mean, personally coming in to speak with the sales representatives about like, oh, well, here's any any questions that you have. Like, mm-hmm. you don't need to Google it. Just ask me what questions you have. I'll help clear up anything. He was going over any of the QC issues that things were brought up. If we had a couple of pieces that were particularly rough, um, and he would take it back to corporate. And he's still doing that. The Seattle location still closed down, but I know he until the quarantine was going to the Redmond location quite a bit and doing the same kind of stuff. So, I mean, they're, Gibson's on the ball as far as that's concerned okay. in, in terms of the visibility that I have into it. I think they're, I th- really do think we're going to continue to see a lot of big changes for them. And that's why I'm saying I really, I don't think that my hope is unfounded here. I think a lot of people are rooting for Gibson. I think that, um, I mean, the, a lot of people, I mean, I'm rooting for Gibson. I own two Gibson, oh, three I own three Gibsons and I absolutely love them. And I just think that uh, Gibson has a really good, they've had a really good shot over the past couple of years to turn their public image around. And they've been making, I mean, they had their one big flub up with play authentic. And ever since then, they've just kind of like been putting one foot forward. As long as they can keep competing in the quality control more so than they are in the courtroom. I think they've got a good shot. Yeah. It's kind of one of those things. Uh, put your money where your mouth is like yeah you might be able to talk the talk but let's put out some good stuff all right sorry i i've oh. been talking so much about gibson but i oh. i think we've got other articles right yes we do <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're gonna you know it's bad when the guests are like yeah we can talk about something else now. no I, i'm I, self-conscious about how much i've been talking i know i know I've, I've got strong opinions on gibson i love them so much in such a weird kind of way talking yeah. on a podcast is such a dick move yeah, can you stop talking? This let's just listen to each other. 
breathe and stuff. All right, so Fender launches five new player series models. Uh, if you guys haven't had a chance to check these out, these are really fun looking guitars. So the player series, wh where are they at in the level? This uh, is the Mexican, yes, the made in Mexico replacement. But they've ironed okay. out the bugs in that factory, I assume. Uh, I don't know. Sure. I mean, I again, we're talking QC things. I've seen so many mismounted bridges from that factory, but anyway. And weirdly cut nuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I feel like I feel like every guitar, like every company has their thing that as soon as you get it, you change. I feel like Fender, one of the first things you change, especially if you have any sort of vibrato or tremolo system on it, is you change the nut. Like that's like one of the first things to get changed on a Fender. But anyway, so there's five new offsets, and Cinco. this is why I immediately thought of the Get Offset Gang to join us for this week. Oh, I, I, that's where I the connection okay. came from. Nice. I'll tell you, I have strong feelings about this Mustang base and the gold. I really want it. Oh my gosh, that I I love. It looks like it, it's short scale. Right? Yeah, it's thirty yeah, it inches. Have, oh, that it okay, looks so like it would be a lot of fun. I, on the image at the top of this article, where they're all the same size, mm -hmm. they clearly <laughs> they zoomed out on the Silly. base, right? Yeah, well, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It says 30, 30 inch scale, uh, nineteen frets, nine and a half inch radius. Uh, I like that that in gold. I really like. I kind of want to try to get one. <laughs> I'm not even a bassist. And a and a maple fretboard, which is not yeah. super common for basses. Is I think it not? Every, no. Huh. Every I think Gosh, every uh, guitar player is two strings away from being a bass player. The thing is, uh, sometimes in practice lately, in writing sessions for my band Sunday Crush, the bassist who's like they're they grew up playing guitar. I grew up playing guitar, and when we switch, it's because it, they've Isaac's been playing bass for you know a couple of years now. Sunday Crush, and when we switch for songs to write, it's just like I immediately go like Memphis garage rock and have so much fun, and they go like experimental jazz, and I'm like, this is really cool. <laughs> I'm really enjoying this. It's a good way to change so up the energy. Yeah, I just really, and they have their their bass is um, it's just a a jazz bass, so I just really would like a smaller scale bass, and I think that they would like one too. So I, because they they have a smaller body also, and um, I just really kind of want to to get us one for the the practice space. Well, I mean, this is super affordable at this point too. Yeah, I, mean, I think the six fifty MSRP easy oh oh my god so it's 650 msrp so what is it gonna be like 550 500 yeah great yeah so uh you guys might know some stuff step, oh, so... up step up from the square stvs classic vibes so here's my question duo sonic has the uh pickups that don't show pole pieces are what are they just are they single coil pickups or are they special pickups that are distinct to the duo sonic? they're the same as like a mustang pickup so it's just um all the, their pull pieces underneath that little cover they're just all flat okay. i think like the, i think the telecaster bridge is the same but i forget um but the only difference between the duosonic and the mustang is the bridge pickup um is on these at least because normally mustangs would have the the series parallels uh toggle switches mm -hmm. on the top um the bridge is just straight and it's not angled i like that like baby blue colored one that duosonic yeah that looks i like i always like a nice light like baby blue or powdered blue with a 
Is that a mint pick guard? Maybe like yeah. It's usually it's usually a mint for the the sonic blues and stuff. Not usually a stark white. I think that Fender's really been kicking butt on their budget models. Like oh, they totally. just, yeah. I mean, they're offering so many. I mean, different things that are. I mean, there's a lot of it's similar, but there's just so much variety, and it's all priced in reasonable ranges. And with the way that you know, just the value. I mean, the the way that the dollar is working, it's just crazy that they're able to come out and keep these guitars at such a decent price. <laughs> I know, and it's. I. I mean, I have um. The Starcaster classic vibe is the only star. It's the oh, only yeah. Squire I have. I love that guitar, and you know, I thought, oh, you maybe I'll want to switch out the pickups or whatever. I just, I just talked to Sean from Gun Street Wiring. He sent me a wiring harness, and I'm like, I don't, I don't need new pickups. It sounds great. Yeah. Fender's I, definitely up their pickup game. I mean, looking at this whole series, mm-hmm. I'm really, really loving what they've done, except for one one little detail that's just absolutely killing me i want to i want to hear this drum roll none of them are orange they got rid of orange oh, oh just wait oh, till next year they dropped yeah. the pre orange and you know pre, pre- orange isn't necessarily my favorite but Dude, i'm I in ut country and i even i'm like done with orange Dude, just get a rat like they're so affordable just strip it and repaint it i mean that that's true that uh sienna sunburst gets orangey yeah, yeah it but does. I, I might be a dad, but I don't know if I need that un- yet another sunburst. So come on. Uh, yeah, I'm with you on that one, but uh, I would I would seriously just strip it and get a rattle can, and you could I mean with the temperature in Seattle in the summer, you could put on like ten coats of that in a day and call it call it good. I could maybe see myself doing something like uh, oh what Aaron Abubo did. You just like yank the pit guard off entirely and just spray sprayed it all orange yeah Yeah, i like his his telly his pink telly i like that a lot i could do that but like an orange oh dude do do orange over a burst so when it it starts relicking away no see i don't i i've thought about doing that before i don't think i'd like that but i feel like either uh seafoam green or shell pink would look great over a burst as it starts to wear off oh yeah i love that wait diaz yours is a your MJT was gold over a burst, right? It was gold over burst, yeah. and it was beautiful. That's I've got uh, I've got an old Eastwood bass that's uh, sunburst that I've thought about doing gold over and letting it wear through. Um, but there was actually uh, let's oh my gosh I forgot his name uh, Dominguez is his last name Isaiah. and I can't Isaiah Dominguez. Uh, him and I were in 60 cycle hum at one point and he's he's the one who posted the picture of a strat with gold uh on top of sunburst wearing through and that i stole that idea and that's where i went with it uh on my strat i had made i i love any color over sunburst that fades pink uh any kind of a pastel color is really great too well it's fun because it highlight it harkens back to that era where like no one was buying sunburst and so they repainted a bunch Mm-hmm. So it's kind of that like you're never going to find or buy a vintage one that's doing that. I but, really wish we'd get back to the days where like everyone wasn't so worried about the resale value and just did what you wanted to your guitar. That's I part- think people still do that to Squires and stuff, which is why I love having one. Yeah. I mean, I just feel like there's, I don't know. I, we just live in a world where everyone's constantly worried about if they're just going to sell this thing. 
what the resell value is going to be on. Well, I think the I'll, problem is people are also buying a lot more gear kind of willy nilly without like, it's just been easier than ever to buy gear. It used to be the decision that you'd stew over and stew over. And now it's you just have like, to get the Sears catalog and figure out which yeah. one you're going to get and wait and wait. Right, like 20 years ago, you're not going to like get blasted drunk and wake up with orders in your email. Um, I'll say like there have been times I've made modifications to guitars that have improved the the trade in value or resale value. I had an um a sixty two AVRI uh, jazz master that I took into Mike's music, and since I put Lawlers and the mastery on it already, which is just the stuff that they would do before they tried to sell it, mm-hmm. I got I got a I got a much better deal toward a trade on that guitar than I otherwise would have. I'll also stipulate another reason why I don't think you're seeing as much of the parts caster world or the mods world is partly because when the Fender Player Series came out, things changed in terms of like compatibility. And so Mm. I think we need a few more years of the Fender Player Series kind of filling up the used market till we start seeing people be more comfortable with like, oh, hey, I can find parts for this or I can do this, you know? Whereas like, when we think about like four or five years ago after the made in Mexico series was running for, I don't know, 20 years unchanged, you know, we yeah. just had a very full use market where you could find a very cheap guitar and mod it if you wanted to, or there were tons of parts available and you know, all that kind of stuff. So made oh, in well, Mexico strat 250 can. bucks. You, yeah. st- you totally still see those like crop up on Craigslist. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I always, when I'm looking around Facebook marketplace for used me- Maybe it's just my imagination, but I always seem to see them listed higher. And I check Craigslist, yeah. it's like, oh, 250 bucks. I tried to relic it by accident, screwed mm-hmm. it up, and I'm like, I could just rattle can that and it could be fine. Right. And that's, uh, I don't know. But I don't know. I'm a little partial to that idea because I also picked up a great deal on a Squire base um, a few months back. That's just an absolute dream of a base. It's a Squire Jag base. Oh, nice. It's black with a torque pick guard, matching headstock, and block inlays. Ooh. Mother of pearl block inlays. It just, and then concentric pots for uh, for tone and volume, plays really well. Uh, I mean, yeah, I and I got that. it on Craigslist. So I dig thanks that a Craigslist. Lot. Okay, really quick uh, before we go to the next thing, I just well, I was because you said Craigslist, I decided to look. I just saw one of the most interesting things I've ever seen on Craigslist. It's not like interesting, like weird. It's just the first time I've seen someone do this. So he's selling a lot of pedals. And mm-hmm. he says, hold on. Oh my gosh, what was that? Sorry. I had an ad kick in and it scared me. Uh it's okay. He says if you don't want if you don't want some of the pedals out of the lot, just deduct the amount below, the amount specified below from the lot price. So he individually but, priced everything, but still wants to sell it as a lot. He wants to sell it as a lot, but then he did it like backwards. He's like, he said, if you don't so if you don't want the Qtron, deduct $55. Morley Classic Wall, deduct $30. Donner Ultimate Compression, deduct $15. I'm sorry. I just thought that was interesting. I've never seen someone tell you how much to deduct from the lot price if you don't want a certain pedal. That's weird. Like, Okay. Yeah, that's very interesting. All right. So moving on, uh, get psyched for Dan Electro's new 66 12-string reissue. Okay. These are funky. Both right style, man. Yeah, so I mean, we talked about the 66 model before, uh, being a semi-hollow. It's got that lipstick humbucker, which is fun. Um, yeah. But this is now coming out in a 12-string variant, which when I think Rickenbacker, or sorry, not Rickenbacker, Dan Electro 
12 strings kind of part of their market. Like I just associate Dan Electro the same way I mm-hmm. accidentally, I Freudian slipped in there, a uh, Rickenbacker. Um, yeah. Those are the two brands. When I think 12 strings, I think those two brands. So, yeah. Oh, yeah totally. And I think that lipstick humbucker is absolutely incredible. These came out. I remember this, the, the six string version of this launched when I was working at guitar center and just being really thrown by how weird it looked. And I almost, I came very close to trading out uh, guitar for guitar um, with my the first electric that I have, first electric I ever bought, and I'm glad that I didn't. But I came really close, and I think the only thing that threw me is that the the lipstick humbucker is super cool, but it's a little trebly. It's like kind of it's very twangy, but I think that's going to lend itself really well to the twelve string version because I think that where it's going to sit in a mix, I think it's just going to work absolutely wonderfully. I don't 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 be offended by this, but I feel like this is something. It looks like Emily would buy this. Emily, always you. All, all the guitars you own are always uh, very weird. Uh, well, not weird. They're just, <laughs> they're, they're very. Uh, I don't. I'm trying to find like the word to say without it sounding negative. But you you don't follow just, in just line. be negative. Be negative. Well, okay. What's the word you feel like using? Just be uh, honest. They're, they're, okay, eccentric. That's the word. I'm. They're they're <laughs> always like uh, a little extra. <laughs> um, but just, not in a bad way. There, there. You, you have guitars that are different from the norm. Can I just be honest about these, though? Yes. They look so much like the Eastwood slash Airline. Uh, what are they called? The Sidejacks. Like I have or, the baritone version of it. Or did they uh, look like Dan Electros? Those look or like, did I mean, they look like most right? Yeah, no, I know they look like Dan Electros for sure. So. I don't know. Like, the, I, I gotta see if there's other colors because I'm not feeling either. I don't buy black guitars anymore because I wear so much black, and I'm not big on the sunburst. Like, the shape ap- appeals to me. It's the only finishes that come in. So really, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Why? No, no. So I remember that, that needs like a pink or like or like a racing green. A racing green with gold hardware would be sick. This is kind of just. I, oh, yeah. I, there are other 12 strings. There are 12 strings I like more. This and the side jack are the exact same shape. Yeah. Yeah. How much? So how much are these running? Eight ninety nine. Ooh. I don't know. That's. I wouldn't say that's. That's not like super high. That's a lot of money to spend on a guitar. You're just gonna play Hotel California on on repeat. I mean, if I. <laughs> but guys, I, you should charge I, extra money because you're getting double the strings. So that's true. I don't have a 12 string, but this would not be my first 12 string. It just what? kind of something about it makes me sad. I don't care I who you the- are. I want the double neck SG. Yes, like, that's that's what I want for a twelve string. And moving on to the next article, <laughs> <laughs> we're sorry we got back to Gibson somehow. Um, all right, so let's moving on. Dean Guitars comes out with the Colt Bigsby, and right back to Gibson. I almost wonder if this is a <laughs> giant middle finger to the lawsuit against Armadillo because. A lot of this, like the design, just screams vintage Gibson to me. Yeah. Because was this the uh, three forty-five model? I've, I'm not sure. With the point. I don't keep well, track I mean, of all the, the Colt's been out for parts. a while. This is just slapping a Bigsby on it. Wow. Slapping a Bigsby on it. See, I, I hadn't seen the Colt before, but I mean, I'm just looking at this, going, I, I guess it's a bold move in light of the lawsuit, maybe. But, oh, it's got a piezo. Oh, wait. Okay. That, that'd be pretty cool. Okay, I want this now. 
<laughs> well, the fact that it has a piezo only tells me that's just going to convince another worship leader somewhere in the middle of America that maybe I won't need an acoustic guitar, only for them to sell it in six months. You I mean, this need is an acoustic. This is like almost a white falcon in white. That's exactly being a white was... falcon. So, I don't. You know what? I feel like. Whoa! It's it's. Sorry, I just whoa. saw the price tag on it. What is it? Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Hold on, hold on. That it's eighteen hundred. Oh no, sir! I am sorry. No, just uh, no. wait. But this, the neck, I'm sorry. Is the neck painted? Because I'm looking around the top of the headstock there. I'm like yes. that. It looks yeah. like it is. That's, that's, yeah, that's nice. I like it. But I don't I like the green. I, I but the green's the better. I would uh they need to change the uh, you know what i would like the green with maybe gold hardware instead of this nickel i don't know green, green and gold's good gold hardware is kind of hit or miss just yeah sometimes it's like maybe maybe like antiqued out gold yeah, yeah, gold yeah. hardware is great until you realize like oh no this like i feel like some, real heavy, isn't it I, I have a hard time with gold to begin with but even the guitars i look at I'm like oh that i didn't think i'd like gold hardware on that but great and then i look at it like a couple months later i'm like oh you know maybe i don't feel like looking like a pimp today <laughs> hey it also I always feel like a really quickly or really easily yeah. if they would have done uh, one in black like a black penguin that would have been great i don't know all right eighteen hundred dollars is way too much though trying to find what the uh well yeah it's a dean like what if, it, if this was a thousand i'd be like yeah that's 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 a the good only spot. dean over a thousand dollars that i think anybody's ever really going to pay for is going to be uh um oh my god i'm blanking so hard right now um, daryl yes thank you having a just one of those days it, it's going to be one of the dimebag daryl like limited edition deals that someone's going to put on their hang up on their wall yeah. and not play it hardly at all and that's just that's just what the market is for okay. with high end deans okay so i've actually owned a few deans and i feel like deans um definitely do get a bad rap but i've played i mean quite a few that actually do play pretty well uh they had one i can't remember what it was called it was kind of like a prs style it was um, i appreciate your boldness and admitting publicly that you've played deans willingly yeah it was it's called a dean hardtail and uh the guitar player from kansas actually plays one and it was a great playing guitar it felt great played great sounded great uh dean is one of those companies that no matter what they do will always be uh associated with beginner guitars and some guy shredding metal Right, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. I definitely applaud them for trying to break out of their box and expand on what their marketing image looks like. I just, it's going to take a lot more than this to convince me. And not an eighteen hundred dollars. I associate them with Nine Inch Nails for some reason. What? I think they had an endorsement for a while. I like Nine Inch Nails. Please don't ruin it for me. I love Nine Inch Nails. I'm pretty sure I they were endorsed artists. I think there is a uh, Trent signature. Google no. it right. Google it for me because I really don't want that in my search history. I don't uh, want to get that retargeting. I'm looking it up. Nine Inch Nails, Trent Reznor, stage used Dean Evo Noir guitar, 2006. <laughs> well, he might have used a guitar. That doesn't mean winning bid seven thousand forty dollars. Oh, dude, this thing is like <laughs> trash. 
This thing is missing half the tuning pegs, has no electronics. Oh, you probably literally has it. Yeah. three strings hanging off. Um, I mean, I'm sorry, Trent Reznor can play whatever he wants. It doesn't matter. I mean, he also had a a washburn, I think, at some point, but yeah, Trent Reznor doesn't give a fuck. He also doesn't really play guitar on stage that much. So yes, he does. He the plays it more than you think. The, the time oh, I saw does. them, he played like one song with it. What does he do? I mean, the rest of the time, just stand there. Yes, he yeah. actually oh, no. Very, he has a very commanding stage presence. Oh my gosh, he he is just one of those artists that I I saw him on the uh, what was it the hesitation marks tour, mm-hmm. and it was fantastic. Pino Palladino playing bass for him, like they come on, and I'm like, is that Pino Palladino for real? Yes, it was, uh, and I mean half the show he was behind like a cage that was shooting graphics. That was his, you know, like their screen was a giant cage and it shot graphics on it. And like, you didn't see him half the show. And, but Are you he sure he was there? Are you sure it was really him? Cause no, I, no. I, I saw Kanye West once and I'm not convinced it was Kanye. He was wearing a mask the whole time. Oh no, it was Trent Reznor. And, but he, uh, he is just absolutely fantastic. Our oldest son is actually named after him. Uh, because Trent Reznor's real name is Michael Trent. And that's our oldest son's name. And yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge science channels fan. And so is my wife, but uh, yeah, I mean, he can play a Dean. That's fine with me. Yeah. I mean, I I can't, I'm not going to make fun of him for it. I'm just going to make fun of Dean. I think that's the safe move here. Yeah. It's all Dean's fault. (laughs) All right. Let's move on to the next. Is this the final thing? Yes. It's the final thing. JHS, the JHS legends series um once again jhs is putting out uh some fuzz pedals vintage fuzz pedals vintage fuzz pedals so they've got the bender the crimson the smiley and the supreme so scott you've been uh, obsessing over these why don't you tell us a little bit about them sir they have a very loud switch oh you have one i just got (laughs) the bender in hand today and diaz and i were noodling around with it uh, i put like they didn't put soft switches on those? Nope. Mm. Um, I mean, I guess it's reflected in the price. Yeah, uh, so is the is enclosure it construction. They were $169, mm. bucks, is that it? I got my... So there's was, there was also 15% off sales going on on JHS right now. So if you play your cards right, you can get one for less. Um, but these also like sold out instantly with like within an hour so i was lucky to kind of jump on the train i got the bender and i'm back ordered on their uh the supreme but they got four different models um each representing different signature fuzz models and so there's the bender which represents a tone tone bender mark three the crimson which is a big muff i believe the red army overdrive edition um Mm -hmm. the smiley is based on a fuzz face uh, and then the Supreme is a 72 Univox Super Fuzz. Which has a which has the octave. Yep. I believe so. How's uh, the octave sound? Do you have you watched videos? Oh, it sounds I fantastic. Yeah, it's it's is, I, was, is it I, I love it when the fuzz octaves are kind of like weird and synthy, like weren't you like it's not quite right. I kind like of glitchy. That. Like they don't track super well, but they track I, I love bad tracking on octaves. This is my weird, weird thing. Uh, have, every have time I think about bad, 
Oh, sorry. I just had a quick story, slightly off topic. Every time I think of like bad tracking on an octave, I remember uh, one of my ones that got away uh, kind of stories. And I remember I was working at Guitar Center and someone sold the store a vintage made in Japan OC2. And it was selling for like 50 bucks. And I remember looking at something like, oh, it's vintage made Japan. This would be cool. I plugged it in and thought, wow, this track's like absolute garbage. Why do I want this? And passed on it. And then I went home, looked it up, looked it up, realized what I was looking at, went back, and it was it was gone when I went back to work the next day. I've been been gunning for an OC2 for so long. And not like hard, but like if I saw one at a good price, I'd pick it up right away. I mean, it was if it's good enough for Prince. That's true. Okay, so I have an OC3, and I I got an OC2 and flipped it pretty hard and fast, and I was like, now I regret doing it. I've owned quite a few OC2s. The, so the, the Boss Super Octaves are pedals that I keep getting rid of, but I keep coming back to. I had a, I've had like a few Made in Japan OC2s that I've gotten rid of, and I probably need to just get one and hold on to it. So the JHS fuzzes. Yeah. <laughs> so, Mr. I mean, it's a unique design. I, I will definitely say that. Um, I love how he says unique. I've got which issues. Which we all know means. Yeah, Is I've that like the Midwestern like saying interesting? Uh, well, it's the I, Midwestern of saying that he doesn't like something about it, but he's going to be nice. So, I, yeah, it is. I, I am Midwestern. So bless yeah. your heart. I'm, no, that's that's some Southern bullshit. Interesting. <laughs> interesting. <laughs> That's what interesting. You bless your oh. heart. Oh, bless your heart. She's so dumb. Just bless her heart. <laughs> yeah. So there's top-mounted knobs, or they're not top-mounted. They're back-mounted knobs, which I'm trying to remember what pedal that reminds me of. I've seen it before. Oh, Fabtone, right? Well, I mean, yeah, that's a feature. Yeah. Off of, right? That's something you see on a lot of Roger Mayer's. The, well, yeah. the Buzz Probe for... Um, like the the probe series for Zvex also has the knobs on the back, and kind well, of didn't like. The, didn't the fuzz face have or no, the Dallas Arbiter? No, those were on top. Those were on top of, on the fuzz face. What was? I guess it was the Roger Ray, like the Octavia. Yeah, that has it uh, on the back side. I believe. Sorry, I'm googling. Mm, yeah, the Octavia has them back there i think yeah. this honestly reflects the octavia more than anything i believe it yeah it, i've kind of got some big muff vibes from it too just because of the folded metal um but the slant kind of has a little bit of the tone bender i mean it's kind of a blending of a few different things it's also i think it just lets them build a very affordable pedal when you know things like your enclosures will come from china and think about like how difficult it was to ship things lately and kind of probably an adjustment around or an adaptation to kind of some of the shipping issues folks have been having lately whereas this can be made domestically yeah i haven't heard of anything other than like extreme delays from shipping internationally and i feel like more of the delays are shipping from the united states these days because even i think grant wilson from big years was telling me he ships he shipped a pedal to australia and they just returned it they're like absolutely not wow yeah 
Dang and I know, I know that abominable abominable effects in Seattle, um, abominable pedals. I mean, they're have they're like we don't think we can sell to Europeans for a while or anyone outside the United States for a while because they've had pedals in limbo for six weeks. Those people are now doing chargebacks against them, even though the pedals are obviously shipped, have had tracking numbers assigned to them, have been sitting in customs for weeks, and PayPal just has to do the chargebacks because it's been thirty days or whatever. Ah, oh, it sucks. That's yeah, insane. Not, not the nicest thing to do to a small company, but I I've heard they're not the nicest people, but you know, I they're local and I've bought their stuff and I think it sounds great. So, uh, I've got so many thoughts on the on the new JHS series and I I don't even know where to begin cuz I mean, this is in context of they just did the they just did the last run of like the vintage fuzzes, which it's kind of oh. along the same lines of exactly what this is. But I mean, remind me again, how much were they charging for those for the last run that they did? Oh, I mean, they sold out instantly, so I have no idea. And they they, they were, were limited edition I, things. I, I think I thought, weren't they, they were like, like three, four hundred, some stupid like they that? Were, they were I handmade. They were, so. Yeah, they were. That was like the big thing. I think they were. I think they were three hundred. Maybe it was four hundred. But the big thing was they were handmade, limited, small batch, and I mean, I th also was it was he the only one who built it, or didn't his like whole family help build them? I think it was him and his family. Yeah, him and his family, and you know that was like that. Also, they I know they didn't plan on that being on the line. I wonder if these are these the same pedals, but like mass produced. So his last one was based on the tone benders, if I remember right. And so uh, they were all, there's a tone couple benders. tone benders. There's a fuzz face and a fourth one, I think and a tone bender. Cause in the history of tone benders, the fuzz face kind of falls in line with the series of yeah. tone benders. If you kind of, someone is like their head is steaming open right now. and going to be writing me a nasty note for saying that, but deal. Uh, the, these are, they said these are updated versions of the circuits while trying to remain as true to the original, but using modern components and so that they'd be able to build them for a while instead of having to like source special transistors or anything like that. And so there's things yeah. like, I believe the fuzz face is silicon instead of germanium. Um, well, silicon is more common in the fuzz face than germanium, I believe. Isn't it? I mean... Because whenever you get a it's fuzz face, if it's germanium, way. well, I think it's just, I think if like, if you get a fuzz face, like, and it has germanium in it, they make it a big deal than if it doesn't. Now, yes. Okay. So here, here's my thing with, with the, the, the JHS lines that they've been doing this with is <laughs> I just, I don't know if I'm totally sold on what the value is here. I mean, I, I don't want to I mean, sound harsh here, but for a company that's, been accused in the past of not being original this feels like a really strange move and i, I so i see what, I, what i'm seeing is the marketing play here is they're trying to bring it get make history more accessible bring that uh, to the fold and kind of bring everybody into the the greater narrative of what the history of effects pedals have, have been mm -hmm. and while that sounds really nice i mean the, the amount of r d that's gone into this I mean, these are really simple effects these are things mm -hmm. that diy companies have been offering is build your own kits for forever now for a small chunk of the price and when i hear some of the marketing the things that jhs has said about oh well you know we painstakingly like i'm sure there was a level of that but I, it just to me and maybe it's just me it feels kind of like easy money and brilliant oh, on their on their oh, end for okay, marketing. Okay. That but, was a comment um, Diaz actually made to me when we were first out. This was he was like, 
are they only giving it to local shops? Because like that was who they were promoting a lot. Like this seemed like this was a bit of an uh, an attempt to kind of do like a a stimulus thing because they didn't sell it directly through themselves. And right. they, well, they, they only don't went typically dealers. sell directly from themselves. Not anymore. They used to. And yeah. now, and I think that's one of our upcoming topics is in terms of but, dealership versus direct sales. Yeah. But so I anyway. don't think they've been doing that. So I'm not sure I, I buy into that being like a, oh, we're just being generous to the community. I, I Maybe I'm being overly cynical here, but I just, I'm not seeing it as, I, I don't know. I guess what I'm trying to say is I want to see more innovative type of things, uh, new effect circuits, new takes on things and just this doesn't do it quite for me and this isn't where i want to put my money well, so the here's, homage here's the thing to a I classic is not what you want to see from jhs you want well, to see here's, here's it's been done so many times by so many yeah. other companies i'm with it it's it's not exciting it's not exciting uh, i'm raising my hand okay um so <laughs> i'll i'll have to say this though uh with the whole jhs thing josh has been doing a whole lot of the history of guitar pedals on their youtube and talking about all these other brands, even helping do uh, pedal launches, stuff like that. I do feel that this sticks with their brand though, in the sense of uh, where he's been at. It seems like where he's been at mentally recently with digging through history and doing interviews with, didn't, was it, uh, I forgot. He went out to a solar solar or shoot, shoot what's the name? A solar sound out mm-hmm. in, with the the guys from that pedal show and did a whole episode yeah, right. of like the talent bender and right. And I think that I think if you take that into account, not just um, JHS being unoriginal, which I don't think the honestly I don't think the the problem has been with JHS being unoriginal. I think it was with the uh, claims and. I'm not, we're not going to get into that too much of stealing circuits. I think that every guitar a pedal builder um, does homages to their favorite circuits. They, uh, they have a certain circuit that they like to mess with and do different variations of, I mean, look at how many there's companies, uh, uh, Ren and Cuff is the one that does pretty much just fuzz. You know what I mean? Like they, they, you find your thing and you, yeah, but, but they, and, they've done, They've done really exciting things with, like, they have that, that what, that muff that has, like, what, 28, 20 dip switches. I mean, I just, I'm yeah. just wondering. No, I, don't, and I, I, don't, I don't remember the last time JHS came out with something that was not a fuzz, cl- like a clone of something. True. I'm, I'm not going to argue that point. I, I get it. But I feel like with this line in the sense of playing, like going through the history, I think it sticks with where JHS as a brand has been moving recently, including their YouTube, which they've put a very big push on uh, doing that. So, I mean, I, I, I get what they're doing. And is it a quick money grab? Possibly, most likely. I mean, in all fairness, if I'm running a business and I found a way to make quick money really fast, sure. And- it's. I mean, I we all know it's business. It's he's yeah. got a lot of a lot of employees to feed. Things have been going kind of rough. I mean, there's a lot of different ways you can look at it. It's just I'm looking at it from the perspective of if. <sighs> I mean, they sold out. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. I mean, want this. like, and I mean, 150 sure. bucks for. A lot of these the, circuits is actually a pretty it, aggressive deal. Yeah, I mean, sure, but I mean, so is the Earthquaker devices plumes. So, 
which at least hmm. kind of took an original circuit and then added a couple of different unique takes to it and and in an even lower price point and i think that was pretty rad i admit that i'm biased i rather love earthquaker devices but mm-hmm. i i mean for I mean, crying well, out, jhs's target market is for the most part by and large is going to be your praise and worship guys and for the praise and worship guys who are always accused of like haha you're just looking for the next but like kind of that like follow the hype machine kind of attitude i mean it just feels like this is so stereotypical and i just it kind of hurts just to watch this unfold and go like i i guess guys this is kind of cool but I'm a huge fan of history and getting to know the history. And I know that, that he's been working on that. I think he's been working on an episode for DOD because I've been seeing him pinging around the different DOD forums mm-hmm. trying to get his hands on some of the more rare pieces. And I'm not I'm not trying to say that he's all bad by any means, but Oh yeah, it no, just, no, I don't think anyone's taking it that way. I mean, I I just I think that like I mean, I feel like it's okay for a brand not to be for you. You know what I mean? I feel like that's another thing like that happens in the gear world. If a brand's not for you, people like think that you're like you hate them. I mean, JHS does their thing. They take circuits that have already been done. They mod them a little bit. They change them around. They put them in cool little boxes, and then the praise and worship people buy the crap out of it. And that is a very generous way of kind of framing the discussion about some of the circuits that they've allegedly stolen. Mm-hmm. So it. It's one circuit they've allegedly stolen. Two, Two. I think. I know that the, the Panther, which is one they don't even make anymore, and then oh, and then the min, what was the the Astro Fuzz? No, it was two. Oh. I think it was two Debbie Ever pedals, wasn't it? Yeah. The, oh. And then the, uh, there's a bunch of clones. I mean, the Morning Glory is what a blues breaker. Clones. Well, that's yeah. a, that's not one of the ones that's being called into question right. by the right. builder community, and a lot right. of these discussions right. haven't been. Wait, brought. what was the, What was the Panther then? I don't know. The tap, te- was... the tap tempo circuit layout looks very similar to something from one of the earlier uh, DIY forms. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, so the accusations of all haven't really been more of a public thing on that. Uh, it's been mostly in the pedal builder community. It's the only places I've heard them talked about a whole lot, and yeah. they've mostly centered around the DIY community. Had put together some neat f- circuits. Uh, I think the Super Bolt's another one of those. The uh, the Silvertone pedal mm-hmm. that the you can look it up. I, I mean, I've looked it up that they're, they are available out there. I mean, you can, if you want to do some digging, Google it cert, uh, and decide for yourself. I just, I mean, this yeah, is what a, I'm trying to say is for a company that's been accused of these sorts of things in the past, it still feels like low hanging fruit for them to be doing these kind of fuzzes. And it's just killing me to watch the entire P- praise and worship community kind of grab it hook, line and sinker. Mm. I, I think there are worse things that the praise and worship community drops on to hook, line, and sinker, such as a new yeah. compressor pedal that just came out. What? That's way overpriced. Or, you know, What's some a of new those compressor kind of pedal? Yeah. Uh, it's like I'm not involved any, in all this. It's, it's like the, if it's not, if it's Strymon, I'm buying it sight unseen. Oh, and, that you know, guy, that guy, that guy. All those kind yeah, of things yeah. that go on. I mean, yeah. Or, or like, uh, I mean, was it Jackson Audio Works has been... Be- become one of those brands too yeah jackson I mean, audio works puts out a uh a blues breaker pedal and now it's the greatest thing ever you know i mean yeah. it's cool it's definitely got some cool features in it and, and it's fascinating from a marketing perspective there's yeah. a whole lot of marketing so dynamics weird. that go into it it's so weird from a secular perspective <laughs> yeah how, well, how, I mean, how big of lemmings that a lot of praise and worship guitar players are i mean look at chick-fil-a yeah, yeah. oh i mean it's fine no, I'm just saying, but like, but yeah, like, it, I mean, you know, it's cheaper and tastes really good. McDonald's, Popeyes, yeah. Uh, 
Uh, Chick Fil A and it's owned by white people, homophobic white people. Yeah, I mean Chick Fil A gets a whole lot of whole lot of flack for that, but let's be honest, they do execute a lot of straight chickens for a company that hates gay people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I just so I just think that uh, with all of this with JHS and everything, I just I mean, and I've got two viewpoints on it. My biggest one though just comes from as like a business standpoint. I mean, if it keeps the money flowing in, mm-hmm. why not? I, I that's that's just kind of my opinion if if they if they're not like completely like part for part stealing a circuit and they're like being legit with like this is this type i mean like even the crimson is modeled after the mike matthews red army overdrive which they give credit to where it came from and they're not being shady about it and the price point it's not like they're these are the cheapest I, I have, jhs pedals there are that i have more problems pedals. with I have more problems with the $400 hand-wired ones than I do with these $150 more mass-produced style. Right. I, I mean, and all, all of what I'm saying is purely my perspective, and I could be oh, no, I could totally be wrong in some of the details here. This is just kind of when I look at the press release for this and I'm yeah. staring at this, I'm just like, I, this is just kind of how it hits me, and I, it just doesn't feel great. I don't know. Yeah. No, that's understandable completely, though. I mean, I don't... I don't uh, I, I don't discredit your opinion at all. I think that there are definitely different ways to look at it. And I feel like they're, and that's a, I mean, a big thing with the gear world. I feel like that's why when people do release pedals, stuff like that, I mean, it's so weird to see the pedals that flop and the pedals that uh, become uh, well-known and well-purchased because there's a lot of companies out there that are doing different crazy things. I mean, Fuzzrocious is a company that is constantly putting out crazy and just to the edge stuff and it's just not i mean it's not jhs and it's not these big companies the marketing machine at jhs is one of the strongest there is like they figured out their market they figured out their brand and they market it really well the the jhs is really effective to the point where other companies are coming to him to announce their product yeah Hmm. yeah i'm Keely, no, I, I, I don't dem- that know I, how to do that. Yeah. Keely constantly can put out. I mean, they've put out like seventeen different tube screamers, but people just keep buying them because, I mean, Keely knows what they're doing with dirt pedals, and now with crazy stuff like the Echoes and all that. I mean, that company is just blown up as well. And on to our next topic. Sorry, we got I, I, I just want to close this out with I'm editing out all negative comments because I bought two of these and I'm planning on flipping one of them. So screw you. Hey, guys. hey. <laughs> just, just wait to release it until after you flip it. No, uh, I yeah. bought the I bought the Supreme because frankly that circuit is actually not that well cloned, and it's really hard to actually find a good version of that that's under five hundred dollars. And then I, um, I bought the Supreme for the logo. Yeah. And the, the, the red, the red and the white. I mean, it's just stunning. <laughs> I'm gonna get so much street cred for this. Damn. And, oh my gosh. and then uh, I got the bender because I already had a tone bender that I sort of like, and I kind of wanted to see what they were like against each other. So, yeah. I bet you all thought I would be the controversial one. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I'm, I don't think I'm normally worried Diaz is going to say something because then that would actually stick to our show. But yeah. ah. No, I mean, I've, I've, I don't know. I, I've got my opinions on it. And, but I, I don't think that, like, really anyone could look at this and have, like, a wrong opinion on it. Because, 
like i mean andrew you made very valid points but we're gonna start talking about our next thing so uh scott you're the one that found this right uh actually this comes from us to us from adam dolhanic oh wow adam. yeah oh so, wow we had a, the pacific connection? northwest yeah there you go um, and also, I, it's it's relevant to him because he's waiting on one of these. But uh, Novo has an Novo Guitars announced that they are now offering direct ordering and on their custom models, and so you can bypass the dealer network, which is interesting. That Novo is a guitar company that has this, is a, a boutique builder of size. Frankly, like they're actually churning out a good number of guitars, and so they're one of the bigger of the boutique brands at this point. So they're not doing dealer stuff anymore. It's they're going direct only. I, I think um, the way this is worded, it sounds like because I mean we want to thank our dealers for all that they have done to help us grow. We would not be here, be where we are today without their help. They have been an absolute joy to work with. Please continue to support them in any way you can. If you have placed a custom order with one of our dealers, rest assured we will be honoring those commitments expeditiously. So they're not doing dealers anymore past that, what they've already had? or Because that's what that sounds like. It that's sounds really like what it that, sounds but like they're not explicitly saying anything. Yeah, it I, sounds like they don't want to say it outright. I wouldn't be surprised like if happen. you see you know, Chicago Music Exchange picking up 10 of them a year and trying to sell them still. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So but that's also I think on it's... brand with Chicago Music Exchange. Like They have Cowers, and like Cower sells direct too, and a few other brands do. So just depends. So one of the things that I've have found interesting is uh, some of the brands that are only direct. And do you think in the long run that that's hurting them because they don't get as much exposure? Or do you think in the long run it's kind of working out for them because they're cutting out the dealer and able to net more of a profit? Because it's not like with, you know, it's not like, you know, Achilles pedals 150 bucks at guitar center and on their website it's cheaper because you're buying it from them it's the same price either way and so they're netting more profit going direct yeah i mean when you go through a retail presence i think there's something like it depends on the market and depends where you're going right so i don't want to i don't want to stipulate anything too much but it can be something like 50 percent yeah 50 60 yeah percent Um, so it, and it depends on your sales model, whether you're doing wholesale or you're doing, you know, all these other different models. So things change depending on what the arrangement is. Um, but we live in an era now where going direct actually can work for a lot of people where that was not the case. Right. At I scale. mean, it's working for Chad Jennings. Yep. Yeah. That's a good, good, uh, good company that's doing that. Uh, I'm trying to think who else really just goes direct. I mean, it, what's unique but that the other unique part with that is there's those are a lot of shops where it's it's only one or two people building yeah, yeah. realistically they can only grow so big before their wait list gets out of control mm-hmm. and so right. going direct it's because a lot of places don't want to grow because once you grow to having to have de- developer or dealers and all those kind of things you stop liking your job because now it just totally changed environments I feel um, like if you're able, if you're like at a comfortable area where you're, you know, you're able to pay yourself well, mm-hmm. um, and you're able to get your product out in a timely manner and keep all your bills paid and everything's going smooth. I mean, a lot of those people just don't want to rock the boat. I mean, because if you're, if you're going to expand past that, you're, you're taking a gamble. Yeah. And your business model changes at that point. I mean, it, yeah. it if it's, you know, 
just you building pedals in your in your you know your garage you have less overhead you have you don't have to have have payroll you don't have to have all these commitments and responsibilities and then you don't have to get into the loans and debt structure that a big company has to be in and we've seen a lot of companies that grew too fast too quick and it destroys them yeah and you've also seen other folks where they when they blew up they changed their business model so like you Mm -hmm. look at like wampler went from building all their stuff in-house and having a few employees to actually downsizing i I don't want to use the term downsizing but basically saying it be he outsourced the building site component of it. Now. Yep. And so Brian Wampler is not sitting there soldering your pedal anymore. He is still designing them and he has his people that do marketing and all those kind of things of the brand, but it is not as big of an operation as it was at one point. And they right. sell more pedals now than they ever did before because they chose to grow that way. And then you've got a company like Gear Supply Company who when they started <laughs> to get big, they, they drastically changed their business model. I mean, talk about a bold fulfillment strategy. <laughs> I... Often, re- often replicated, never duplicated. <laughs> yeah. You mean where you just take all the money and dip? Yeah. Don't pay your employees and bounce out. Yeah. yeah. I put the pedals on sale just for a quick cash flow, and then. When this episode's Oof, over, no. I'm going to take bets from everybody on which controversial comment we've made. This episode is going to get the most backlash. <laughs> oh my gosh! Let's, let's just go for more controversy. Oh my gosh. I love um, that song. So, I mean, it, it's interesting because it's not controversial. It just makes people mad like, because I just don't want to talk about it anymore because then I get like the same three people making a big hoopla about it. And we're like, we know. Everybody um, knows. Let's get past it. I don't yep. think I haven't thought about that guy in a while. Ah. I know it's hypocritical of me to accuse other people of going for low hanging fruit only to turn around and do the same thing. I'm sorry. Oh, self call out. Good call. Oh my gosh. You know what? Actually, I, I, I wasn't going to connect that. Good work. I just want some fruit now. All this, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that's all this has done for me. Um, I, I, I don't know. I think that uh, going direct, I feel like more companies should do that. I feel like, uh, like you said, back in the day, have, you know, going through dealers and all that was the way to go. But I mean, how many people just shop online now? Well, now all of them. Yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> currently, all all places uh, are shop online. I, I, I will just... say this though: in in a world where you're starting out and all this kind of stuff, think about every time a gear controversy starts with a company, you know, screwing people over. It's always a direct sale, and that's so that's part true. of what dealer wow. networks do: is they they cre- they give credibility to that's an exchange. True. So I'm right, buying a guitar from- through Chicago Music Exchange. I hold Chicago Music Exchange uh, liable for everything that happens, even if Novo screws them over in that exchange, right? Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if this is a move on their part. That has been like months or years in the works. But at the same time, I think it's probably going to be necessary. People are not going to be able to showroom their guitars for a while, ostensibly. And if they have to, if they're no longer you know, doing the, the, the like selling it to, to the dealers for 60% off or whatever, mm-hmm. um, then they only have to sell half as many to make the same amount of money right. and thus employ half as, or employ half as many people. So it makes yeah. sense for them in this moment, but I cannot think of a single example where a, a brand has said, you know what, I'm just going to take it all in house. Like it hasn't ha- it doesn't happen very often. No. Earthquaker, it was the opposite. Eastwood, 
still sell have... stuff in shops. Yeah. Do they? Okay. Yes. Yeah. It's the it's the other interesting thing too is if you think about how back ordered Novos already are. Yeah. There's already and a that they're th- and they're three thousand dollars starting price. Wow. A lot of work. They're custom, into they're custom guitars. They're custom yeah. guitars. They're, yeah, they're right. they're 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 better than she's, like, she's convincing herself. She's like, they're custom guitars. They're custom guitars. I'm like, <laughs> uh, I, don't I mean, know. yeah, they like, are. I, they're I you know, a small company. I like to support USA made things. I like to support small yeah. businesses. I like to support businesses from Nashville. Like, they're Nashville based, right? Or yeah. am I mistaking them? Yeah. Yeah, because I know there was a big. Uh, they didn't they like open up their showroom at yep. Summer Nam last year. Yeah. Uh, two years ago. I don't remember that. Two years ago. Two years ago, Uh, they they gave away a Revolta while they were doing it too. Nick Hamilton won, didn't he? Yeah, he got there. He got the Revolta. I forgot which model he got. Right. Um, I'd have to say, yeah, they are Nashville. That's like Equits Guitars is Nashville. Uh, I actually Equits was almost out of that shop. Believe it or not. Yeah, I when when was his birthday? Was it yesterday? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I chatted with him yesterday. It was his fortieth birthday. So happy Hmm. birthday again. Kevin Equits. Um, yeah, they had a giant thing and I screwed up and I don't know how time zones work. So I showed up like two hours late on a Zoom call. Oh, and wow. everyone, was, everyone was getting off. And I'm like, okay, well, I, at least I was here. <laughs> like, uh, fashionably you, late. You, you didn't have me correcting for you. Yeah. I know. That's right. T- today I was on an hour early because I was like, wait, hold on. <laughs> time zones. They're hard. Time, z- time zones suck. Let's just all just everyone's time needs to be the same your 4 p.m is just gonna be different than my 4 p.m i think that's a good closing thought yeah closing closing thoughts for the day screw going direct everyone needs to be on the same time zone yeah let's i'm not worried about direct sales i'm worried about time zones now (laughs) all right well thank you emily and andrew from the get offset podcast thanks for having us you guys need to plug your stuff really quick find us at getoffsetpodcast.com yeah and uh Fox Cairo pedal toppers. I'm going to say that as awkwardly as I can. So you just remember like, did he really just say it super awkwardly like that? And that's going to be the thought sucking your mind all week. Uh, Or Um, uh, or yeah, just follow him, follow me. And then the thought will disappear. I'm just, I'm holding your thoughts hostage for the rest of the week with how awkward. I don't negotiate with terrorists. Andrew, it's like, what about toddlers? That's the same thing. Okay, no, no, no. yeah, <laughs> toddlers are just like having little drunk people running around your house all the time. That's exactly what it's like. People all the time. What's it like having a toddler? Just imagine having a drunk person that you really you want to hang out with all the time, twenty four seven. Yeah, I don't know if you want to hang out with them all the time. Sometimes you just need a little break. Well, thanks. Seriously though, thanks for having me <laughs> on the show. I really appreciate it. Oh no, thank you guys for joining us. Uh, also. Where's my stuff down here? Oh my gosh. Keep Scott messed up. I'm just going. All right. Uh, you can uh, join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash the effects loop. You can also follow us on Instagram at the effects loop. Find us on YouTube. Email us uh, at the effects loop at gmail.com. If you have a really cool topic you want us to talk about, you can also check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash the effects loop. You give us money. It makes us happy. Also, thank you again, Stringjoy and Creation for sponsoring this episode. And I think I got it all. So for the effects loop, I'm Diaz. I'm Scott. Chris had to drop off. Oh, bye, Chris. It's Emily and Andrew. Oh, I thought you're okay. Yes, I'm I was waiting for Emily. I'm not editing this.
I was not <laughs> waiting for anything. I just was like, I'm not part of this. <laughs> no. All right. Well, they're, they're not part of this. So, all right, guys, we will see you next Sorry. week. It's all good. Bye. 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 Like, I want to point out, Chris came in like very white right there. I was like, what the heck? Yeah. Welcome to the FX suit. But, yeah. okay. <laughs> Calm down, head How you doing? <laughs> <laughs>
rules. Scott, I'm not editing anything.